I've got a lot on my mind this morning, so we need to pray. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, I just ask for your word to go deep. Your revelation and your life to flow deep. I ask God that you would quicken my mind and that your Holy Spirit would guide my thoughts and my words this morning as we look into your word and as we study your word today in your name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Have you ever argued with God? Have you ever said, what is going on, God? Have you ever said, Lord, if only you? Does anybody relate to that? Have you ever, if you were to be completely honest, have you ever had a day where you said, Lord, if only you would have done this, then this would not have happened. I, I want to, I, I found this story as I was studying the scriptures, I, I found this story and it, it goes along that lines. And if you can, I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to John chapter 10. And I want to read a passage of scripture and then I'm just going to share some thoughts on that. Actually, did I say chapter 10 of John? Yeah, we'll flip to the next one, chapter 11. Because chapter 10 won't work for me right now. Chapter 11 of John. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha, and it was that Marth Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. And therefore the sister sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. And when Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness... I just love the way Jesus thinks. This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he, <laughs> so when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. So when he heard that he was sick and he loves her, he spends two more days where he is. My brother's sick. Yeah, I know he is. I'm going to stay here for a couple more days. Have you ever asked somebody to come and your definition of come and their definition of come are two different things? teenagers hallelujah come when i say come to me it's like an immediate command pronto when i have people hear it sometimes i think it's a suggestion and an idea that if they come around to it they might just agree with and here they are and their brother is sick 
And Jesus decides to spend a couple more days where he is. And then after that, he says to his disciples, let's go to Judea again. And the disciples said unto him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you, and you're going there again? And Jesus answered, "Uh, I just love the way he answers questions. I can't figure this out. Like, Like they're talking about Lazarus and how sick he is and going to see him. And then he throws this in. Are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. I'm not really sure how that fits, Jesus. My brother is sick. Has God ever spoken to you or said something to you that completely did not fit in the paradigm or in the place that you were sitting? And you're saying, God, my brother is sick. And he says, oh, yes, and I love him dearly. I'm just going to stay here for a few more days. And then he says, okay, now let's go. And then he speaks something that it seems to be completely irrational or different than what you're expecting. Sometimes God has things on his mind that you and I have no clue about. And there are things that God wants to do with us that we need our eyes opened and our ears of understanding opened. And these things, he said, and afterwards he says to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. What does that mean to you? That he's asleep. Like, let's be honest. If somebody says to you, he sleeps, you would probably say, yeah, let's go wake him up. So, I I mean, I'm trying to give the disciples a little bit of, uh, I'm I'm trying not to put the heat on them. Sometimes I think we read the scriptures and we go, come on, guys, get with it. Because we read the whole story. But there are situations in our life where God speaks to us and He's speaking something spiritual and we're trying to figure it out naturally. And this whole conversation, it's like on two different levels. This whole conversation, Jesus is talking up here and we got us way down here trying to figure it out. He says, they sleep and and so... He says, our friend Lazarus sleeps, and I'm going to go that I can wake him up. So his disciples say, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get some rest and he'll get better. (laughs) However, Jesus spoke of his death. But they thought he was speaking about that he was resting in his sleep. So then Jesus says to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. (laughs) It's like, Lazarus, no guys, you didn't catch it. I, man, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask for some of these DVDs. And I'm going to go into the imagination station. And I'm going to zoom back in time. And I'm going to be like a fly in the wall. Well, actually, I'll be like a, a, a guy walking on the street. And I'm going to see this stuff in real life action. Guys, he's not asleep. He's dead. Now, death in those days, pretty much like today, means death. 
when something is dead, it's like no more. Amen? Right? And he goes, so Lazarus is dead, and I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe, nevertheless, let us go to him. I mean, I'm confused. I'm confused. Then D Thomas, <laughs> who, who is called the twin, he says to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb for four days. Talking about Lazarus. Four days. So there's like a six-day period minimum. Minimum six days from when they talked to Jesus to when he gets there. Now Bethany was about near Jerusalem, two miles away, and many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. And then Martha, as, come, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but where he was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, now, now listen to this, and this is where I ask you the question, if you've ever argued with God or asked him what happens or what's going on. Lord, if only you had been here my brother would not have died. God, if you would only have answered my question, this whole thing would not have happened. God, if only you would have replied when I sent my prayer up to you, these things, I wouldn't have done this, I wouldn't have done that, I wouldn't have gone here, I wouldn't have... These, all these things happen, and it's pretty much because you didn't answer. I mean, there's grief here. There's emotion here. She's not just saying, Jesus, you know, if you would have showed up sooner, things would have been nicer. They've just lost a brother. And you don't think so. If you read on here, we'll see the amount of grief. She says, if only you would have been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. And Jesus says to her, your brother will rise again. I'm here to tell you, your brother will rise again. I'm here to tell you, your dream will rise again. I'm here to tell you that that thing that you thought was over, dead, finished, complete, out of the picture, I'm here to tell you that when Jesus Christ comes on the scene and you speak to him, he says, that will rise again. We need to look at death in a whole different light. We need to look at death as what God has in store and not what we think it is. And he says to her, your brother is going to rise again. So Martha says to him, I know that he will rise again in the last days. Have you ever had those kind of conversations with God? Like he's super smart. And this is a verse that I want you to highlight, 
grab hold of, memorize, rehearse, dictate, text, tweet, post on your Facebook. Jesus says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Death, the way we know it, is completely different than death, the way God defines it. We look at death as a finished point, as a completion of something. God says, in God's economy, there is no death. God says, you'll never die. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. I'm here to tell you that he's the resurrection and the life. I'm here to tell you whatever you have come to him asking him for, saying what is going on, why has this dream died, why has this gone this way, why has it turned sour, why is it this, why is it that, and he is standing there in front of Martha the whole time she's saying it, and he is the answer. He is the only answer. Whatever the question is, He is. I don't have a whole lot else to say to you. I might say it three or four times in three or four different ways. But I'm here to tell you that He is the resurrection and the life. What is the dream that you think has died? What is the dream that you think, God doesn't even hear me anymore? I'm here to tell you, He is the resurrection and the life. I'm here to tell you to believe in Him. And the dream that you thought was dead will not die, but it will grow and it will live again. Man, when I was preaching this last night in the hallway, in the foyer of the, of the office there, I was almost dancing and screaming. He, he is the resurrection and the life. There's no doubt about it. It's not, he might be. It's not like, well, it's 2014, it only lasted to, to, to the millennium because he got messed up at 2Y2K. No, he didn't get messed up. He's the same today as he was yesterday and he will be tomorrow. And the same Jesus that I read about in here that changed lives, that caused dead things, dead people to rise again is just as alive and well today as he was when the words were written. I'm here to tell you, whatever that thing is inside of you that you've buried, 
and you said, I thought this was God's dream and I thought this was God's idea, I'm here to tell you, He is the resurrection and the life. He is. I, as I was reading this yesterday, the words that jumped out at me were the words, I am. I mean, there's no arguing when Jesus says, I am. You don't argue when Jesus says, I am. You either agree or you don't. But you don't negotiate. And when Jesus said to the, to the disciples and to Mary and Martha, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He was making a declaration for all time. Who here has a dream? And you don't have to raise your hand. But I want you to think about it right now. Do you have a dream that you think is dead? Do you have a relationship that you look at and you say, I'd consider that dead. Do you have a financial picture that you look at? That's dead. It ain't going to happen. That ship has sailed. Do you have a picture in your mind, in the imagination of your mind, that you come back to time and time again and in complete honesty before God, you would say, you know, you would say, you know what, I actually, I do talk to God and I say, what is going on with this? My kids, my wife, my husband, my finances. God, I, I wish you were here. Because if you were here, it wouldn't have died. If you were here, everything would have been okay. If you were here right with me, none of this would have happened. I'm here to tell you he stands in front of you and he's got two words. I am. I am. Moses, when God called him and says, I want you to take the children of Israel out, I've heard their cry and I want you to deliver them. He says, who do I say sent me? And he says, tell them I am that I am. Jesus is the one that answers every single question.
I want to read you one verse in Ephesians, and then I'm going to close. Actually, it's about four verses. Paul is writing. Pastor Daniel preached on Ephesians 5 a couple weeks ago, and I, as I was reading and going through my notes, I, I went back one chapter, and in chapter 4, halfway through the chapter, um, Paul is writing, and he says, This I say, therefore, in testifying the Lord, that you should no, walker, no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanliness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ. I'm here to tell you the picture of Christ and if you walk out of this room today, one of my mandates as a pastor is to feed. So I want to feed your faith, but I want to feed your picture of who Christ is. You have not learned Christ to be weak. Christ is not weak. You have not learned Christ to be ineffective. Christ is effective. You have not learned Christ to be greedy. Because he's not greedy. He's abundant. You have not learned Christ to be selfish. Because he gave everything he had. That phrase, you have not learned Christ, has been just bubbling over in my mind. And as I read this passage this morning from John, I believe there's some of us here today that we've argued with God. I know I've questioned him at times. The validity of my dream. If only you were here this wouldn't have happened. What's going on? And he speaks to us, but he speaks in his spiritual language, and we try to interpret everything by what we know and what we think and what we understand. And I'm here to tell you, the Christ that is preached from this pulpit, Pastor Daniel, Pastor Nelson, our wives, myself, my Jesus is effective. My Jesus is powerful. My Jesus is compassionate. My Jesus is a healer. And I'm here to tell you today that if you have a dream if you have something that you look at and you think it's lost, I'm here to tell you that standing right in front of you, right there, Jesus is. And he's looking and he says, I am. I am. If you are looking anywhere else other than Christ, you are looking in the wrong place.
If you're looking at a bottle, it's the wrong place. If you're looking at a joint, it's the wrong place. If you're looking at something to dull your senses, other than Christ fulfilling everything, you are going to the wrong place and you're going to get the wrong result. Jesus is standing there in front of you and in your grief and in your heartbrokenness and in your frustration, He is standing there and He says, I am. I don't have all the answers. I don't understand why some things happen and some things don't. But all that does is that drives me to know Him more. Because I am not satisfied when I see things happen contrary to what I see here. And I want to encourage you today that He is. When you read in John 11, He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Death, in our way of thinking, is the finality it's the closing chapter. People look at death and they're more afraid of death than they are afraid of living. Because death to them means I can't do anything else. No more, nothing. That chapter is closed. I am nothing. Nobody's going to remember me. Nothing, nothing, nothing. And Jesus says, I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection and the life. I want to encourage you today. Don't stop calling for Jesus. Don't stop asking for Him. He's there. And if you're crying out, I'm here to tell you that He says, I am. And He hears you. Amen. I'm going to pray. I'm going to close the service. Um, my wife and I have talked a number of times and trying to figure out how to close the service, how to operate in some of the things when God moves. If you need prayer, if you need prayer for anything, um, come forward. Grab us. I don't care if you're standing here or if you catch me in the hallway. I'll pray for you anywhere. But if, if, if you need prayer and, and, and there's maybe something happening, grab Pastor Nelson, grab Pastor Daniel, grab my wife, grab Sister Louise, and, and, and we'll pray for you right then, right now. We don't want you to walk out these doors without having the touch that maybe you feel you need. So I just want to let you know, um, I want to see God move. Amen? Who is the resurrection and the life? Who is the resurrection and the life? Who is the resurrection and the life? He is. Heavenly Father,
I don't know all the cries out here today. But Lord, you are an amazing God and you care for us so deeply and so amazingly. And so Lord, I just ask that you would just pour out your spirit. If there's anybody here that identifies with Martha and Mary and that they would say, well, if only you would have. Lord, I ask that you'd keep speaking and we'd hear you reply, I am. And that we would bring that forward and we would look at death and define it the way you define it, not the way we define it. I ask for your miracles of healing to flow. Bless everyone this week in your precious name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Friday night, Dr. Brown is here. Friday night, 6.30. Um, actually, Friday, 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. and then 6.30. Check our website. The times are there and we also pass them out. We're going to have a great week and uh, get ready for Dr. Brown. <laughs>